0: Muslims make up the backbone of the country. You know, the only problem is is that the Muslims don't
1: know their own strength. There was a figure that was uh, calculated, I think it was something... I can't remember what the figure was, and it was a big number. I think it was something like a hundred million pounds a year comes from the... and I think it was the Muslim community, a year, especially in Ramadan, gets generated, and all of that money goes abroad. The political decision was
0: made by the man who had political power now what we have now today is we have all of this leadership by ulama and of course as muslims we hold the ulama in high respect because these are the men that contain the knowledges Mm. and we love them for it and we respect them for it
1: but they are in positions of knowledge not in positions of power there's too many people that feel like that you know you know, you, you see like people, you see like you get keyboard warriors online, you get people fighting with each other, right? Somebody's making a point. And the one thing that people will always come back with, and especially men do this, go and get a real job.
0: Of course not. Mm. So if, if, if one changes one's perspective on reality and goes back to the core of what this existence is and what we are dealing with, then you start building the strength to do other things. And when you can can change your fear of provision and change your fear of rejection and change your fear of humility and all these fears that we have, when you can, I mean, we say fear Allah, you know, but what does that mean? Mm. It means that all other fear should be gotten rid of. So there's only the fear of Allah left. Yeah. and i mean and that's one of the things is going into war i mean if you're if you're going into war and i mean i'm talking not just like you know commercial warfare but i'm talking you're going into war feasibility and once again i'm not calling out to you know all of these things i'm looking at it from a philosophical perspective but if you're going into war you have to trust and believe in what you're fighting for mm. yeah. otherwise it's over mm. You know, you're not. You're gonna like. You're gonna pee yourself and run off the battlefield.
1: Yeah, the the whole facing death thing is interesting I, you know, because that whole kind of uh, you know because that you would if you, if you were in that culture, you get to eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old, and you have to face your mortality. You've only got Allah left yeah. at that point, and you do that, you become a completely different human being. You know, you. Well, let's also
0: take that onto.
1: Yeah, let's take that also on a, on, a, on a much lesser
0: level right because going to war is hectic yeah you know you know there's there's a whole other thing and it's very extreme and it's like it's the extreme example uh, of, of of making a point but if you take it on a much smaller example that most of us if not all of us have experienced right you travel to a country that you've never been to before and you don't speak the language right and it's awkward. It's difficult. It's like, oh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, you're know, you trying to make sense of where you're at and what's happening, et etc. et cetera. But you always make it through. Mm. Somehow you're always all right. You know, you'll find you're a place out, yeah. to eat. And especially as Muslims. I mean, I have an example now that I was uh, a couple of months ago. I, fl- I flew to America and it was my first time there. I was in Arizona. And um, we were out in the north of Arizona and we had to get back to phoenix to get our flight and leave and the person that was dropping us off had to drop us off like five hours before our flight and so he said well look i know there's a mosque here and there's a restaurant next door so i'm going to drop you there and you can chow whatever and then you can do your prayers and you can take an uber to the airport or whatever and i was like yeah cool we had our dinner and then we crossed the road and we went to the mosque did whatever and we we did our prayers then it turns out that it's time for isha you know and like all of these guys come to the mosque the mosque fills up There's a lot of somali guys and you know joining the pair you know afterwards salam alaikum then the guys are greeting us you know oh, where are you from you know oh, from south africa from england south africa whatever whatever Oh, what are you doing here it's like oh yeah i lived in south africa I'm like, huh? it's like yeah i lived in cape town where did you, did you stay and, and you know it was like there was automatically a connection yeah and then in the shortest amount of time, the one guy was like, oh no, that guy's an Uber driver. He'll take you to the airport. You know, just like, Rather than doing it through Uber, just yeah. do it straight with him. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah, fine, yeah, let's do that, wonderful. So we go to the other guy, we tell him, he's like, you're travelers? I said, yeah, we're travelers. He said, no, then I can't take any money. I'll drop you there for free. Wow. You know, and he took us to the airport and I was just like, I mean, that's how it is with the Muslims, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like wherever you go in the world, there's always a mosque, there's always food, there's always somebody that's gonna
1: look yeah, after I mean, you. I mean that's just when when I was doing when I was doing the post um, I was doing a post on Facebook like three years ago and I was writing about like how, you know, the dollar's gonna collapse and the world's gonna change and we're gonna have this new multipolar world and all these things are gonna happen, the biggest reason why people were were really kind of fighting with me and having a go at me was because what they were worried about was, where is that provision going to come from? You know, they were, because (laughs) there's such that it's, it's such a, like it's Stockholm syndrome, you know, like it's such an ingrained belief that what actually props us up is the dollar, what props us up is the, is the bank, what props us up is the pound or the euro or whatever. And, you know, but the thing is, it was a really good learning point for me because what I realized was, wait a minute, I need to, I need to actually start showing people the other side. And then, you know, I had to actually explain that, you know, like, if if the United States Federal Reserve, if it collapses, and if, you know, Credit Suisse collapses and Deutsche Bank collapses, if all these banks collapse, you know, like, Mm. the trees are not going to stop giving oxygen, they will still continue to give oxygen, you know, and like, water is not going to stop flowing, it will still flow, you know, and sheep will not stop grazing, they will still graze, you'll still be able to go and you'll still be able to breathe, you'll be able to walk outside and still be able to breathe the air in, it's not like the sky is going to collapse. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, the smarts are going to stop growing. These things will still continue. Is that we've been, so, we've been taught so much that like, you know, it's, it's, it is, as you say, it's shirk, as you say, because it's like a godlike belief. It's like a godlike Iman in the bank, in the, in the currency, that this is the thing that keeps me alive. This is the thing that keeps me breathing. And so when you, when you mention that thing to people and say this thing is going to disappear soon, they can't breathe. That's yeah. the issue. And it's getting people to understand that, you know, these things are, it's not that there, ain't, there isn't going to be difficulty. Of course, there will be difficulty. You know, maybe there'll be less food on the shelves. Maybe uh, it won't be as easy to get hold of nappies for the kid because they haven't turned up from China. Or maybe we'll, we'll have a loss of power or maybe your WhatsApp won't work or you won't be able to browse videos on TikTok or whatever. It's not that there won't be difficulty. But the thing is that and the, it's not that there won't be anarchy that comes with it. You've probably seen a lot of anarchy lately in South Africa. It's not that the anarchy won't come with it, but a lot of the anarchy is driven by fear. If people weren't so afraid, you wouldn't have as much anarchy. Well, one of the things, I mean, you mentioned South Africa now, and
0: I truly feel that South Africa is gonna be perfectly fine. Why? Really? Because the people are resilient. Yeah, but the people are resilient. Mm. I mean, you've got to understand the context of the, the, the population here is that we have this thing called load shedding right which is absolutely fantastic so every uh the 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 central electricity um i don't know what's the correct terms servers whatever it is you know the the production of electricity in south africa is restricted to certain hours of the day Mm. now we have an app which tells us which days we which times we have electricity and which times we don't have electricity. Wow. So, every, depending on what schedule they're using, they will switch off a whole district and this is a boom, it's a blackout. And then it will go to the, they'll turn that one on and they'll go to the next district and boom, blackout. And that happens across the entire country. Wow. Right? That's what we're currently experiencing. At the certain times, we can be s- up to 12 hours a day without electricity That's in four hour crazy. slogs if it's really bad. So you have a four-hour slog at night and then another four-hour slog six That's hours later and da, 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 it goes through like that. And it's just become part of normal life and people laugh about it. And it's an absolute joke because they also switch off the traffic lights. You know, wow. so you're like driving through town and it's just like... It's and the cameras are not gridlock working. Gridlock,
1: so speeding it. and stuff and everything, right?
0: Grid Gridlock everywhere, is, 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 is it can be hilarious. It's also very horrible and frustrating, right? But what what does that do to the population it builds resilience Mm. because people i mean there's a term in south africa called burmaka plan which is like literally it means the farmer makes a plan Mm. but it's this idea that you 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 just you deal with whatever's coming your way and you make a plan and you get your way out right and i mean that's what we're dealing with now with electricity three four years ago we had a major drought where you couldn't even like turn on your taps right because there was such a shortage of water especially in cape town wow. and again people just deal with it you yeah. you find a way of working around it you like you have your water for a little bit and you have a you know you don't need a half an hour shower you can have a 10 minute yeah. shower yeah. Uh, uh, you just one minute adjust. shower and yeah.
1: and still be clean right yeah and everyone just learns how to yeah. be resilient you see we don't have, well, the have, other have, side have of discomfort Southend. you know the, the problem with the west is because we don't have it's discomfort that builds resilience is because what it's 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 agitating the nafs and so you learn to conquer it you learn to lower it and then your heart becomes more alive that's the thing that we don't have in the west we don't have discomfort other the the other side of south africa is there's
0: also rampant crime yeah that's scary though now when there's it is no don't get me wrong it's scary it's scary and there's certain places you don't want to go Mm. unless you know people and even if you know people, you still don't really want to go there yeah. because it is dangerous, yeah. right? But everyone who lives in South Africa is aware that there is a, there is crime. So you're 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 when you go out, or when my wife goes out, or you know, you're you know, you're, you're just like you're vigilant, yeah. you know. And you're like, okay, where are you going? All right, cool. Yeah, just like keep your phone on, make sure your phone's charged, whatever, right? Mm. But everyone in South Africa is just aware of it. Which means that you're you're facing again. I mean, in the South African context, if you're in the wrong place, you are genuinely facing your death. Um, but it it's building like that inner strength. Mm. And now you talk to people in the townships. You talk to people who live there in some of the worst areas in South Africa, which means it's really some of the most dangerous places in the entire world.
1: And those people are resilient. Mm. You know, those people, people do are, not fear death people in people the same way surviving in the new economies you know that's what i'm we have saying dev- and they they will survive it won't be us we're living comfortable lives and what's the underlying factor they believe in god yeah. because it builds your strength and they know in the, that just, know, it, builds, it builds your faith in allah even more
0: exactly now if you take the united kingdom as a case study Right now, everyone everyone is aware that the the, the utilities are just like going sky high. Mm. You know, I was speaking to somebody there who is in the energy world, and he was telling me like, no, the prices are going to keep going up, yeah. and it's going to get very, very, very difficult. Mm. And there was a lot of a lot of fear over last winter mm. that people weren't going to be mm. able to stay warm. Mm. Now, at the point at which people can't pay for their <laughs> central heating you know, that's that's a big problem. Now people are are, are freezing and the old people are going to literally freeze to death, Mm. you know? And there's all of these like compounding things on top of the fact that just going to this- Lots of things are closing in,
1: yeah. They see like what happened here was um, when the pandemic took place, right? After the pandemic took place, there was this kind of, you know, there was this kind of collective, you know, like the pandemic's come to a lot of places, like the pandemic in, when when the pandemic went to Pakistan, Realistically, the pandemic was only in a couple of um, cities in the major areas, and right. even then, it was kind of it was it was kind of a superficial lockdown. There'll be a few days where you get in trouble or whatever, yeah. but m- people just kind of got on with it, right? We ha- obviously we in the UK we had very real lockdowns. It, it was very real. I mean, you could get in some serious trouble if you're not wearing a mask, or you know, if you're if you're yeah. a contact or whatever, you could you could be facing jail time or a massive fine or whatever. It was very very real. But what happened after the pandemic is People suppress that and push that down inside of themselves mm-hmm. and tr- basically try to find a way to forget it, right? And so what happened after that was people went back to living a normal life, right? Jet setting around the world and going out and, and, and buying the fancy cars and building an extension in the houses and doing all these kind of things. It's like <laughs> life just goes on. And you just go back, right? Yeah. And you could say, oh, well, that's coming from a place of resilience. resilience. They got through the pandemic and uh, they're, like, they're just trying to get back out there. And they're just trying to do that thing Re- the reality is what they're actually doing is trying to escape they're not face- they're not they haven't faced that trauma they've not faced uh, that that brutality or whatever it was what they're actually trying to do is like the, the guy who comes home you know after he's had a lot of tragedy or whatever and he, and he turns to the drink that's what this is it's 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 finding a way to intoxicate yourself so you can forget what came before you that's what's going on and mm. the problem with that is that, that it's not coming from a place of resilience so when all of this goes to pot, you're not in any position to be able to cope with it because you've been ignoring it you've been running away from it. that's the problem right and this is what why and I'm sure you're on a
0: similar thought pattern that's why i what well, part of why i've 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 done i've created this course and part of what I'm calling too, which is taking that journey now yeah to the self yeah and under, so the i've i've divided it in four parts the first part is the journey to the st- to the self and the stages of the journey the second part is the time we live in and how we got here the third part is using western classical music as a as a case study for means of transcending this reality mm. and then the fourth part is okay given the fact that we're on the journey to the self we understand the time we live in and we know that there are ways that you can transcend this reality and like Mm. raise yourself up to a higher frequency, then Mm. what do you do moving forwards? And I've set out this, what I've called the heroic path or the heroic Mm. way, which are 10 principles that you need to be nurturing Mm. so that you're going to thrive in the oncoming chaos Mm. because the chaos is coming.
1: The chaos is coming. coming. I mean, you're
0: talking about the dollar and whatnot. I mean, it it's it's a matter of time. And and one thing that I also say at the end is that it's just a matter of time. Now, that may be a month. It may be a year. It may be a decade. It may be 100 years. It may be 200 years, right? We don't know. These transitions in time, they happen gradually and they happen over time. But... If it happens tomorrow you want to be prepared now and if it's going to happen in a hundred years time then you want your grandchildren to be prepared do you know what I mean because they're com- you know it's coming one way yeah. or another yeah. and like right. if you want your descendants to be on the forefront
1: which everybody it's does, like the it's volcano, like part of you know the volcano is going a actual way but you're telling me something about a volcano yeah so i was just saying like it you know it's it, it's naive if you think that the volcano is never going to erupt and you don't make any preparations for it that's just naive it's going to erupt it's just a case of when right
0: but if the entire if the news is telling you that this volcano is not going to erupt yeah and there's um, one um, mad guy in the town. Yeah. And this mad guy's running around yeah. screaming at everyone saying yeah, this volcano's gonna erupt. The volcano's gonna yeah. erupt. But the king the king saying the volcano's not gonna yeah. erupt. The news yeah. is saying the volcano is not gonna yeah. erupt. TikTok yeah. saying the, don't worry about the volcano, just keep dancing and doing yeah. it, boogieing down. So TikTok, TikTok, you know? You
1: know, Twitter, Twitter is saying we've been here for hundreds of years, this volcano has never erupted, we don't, even it looks, we don't even know what it looks like, we've read all the books, no books have ever mentioned that it was going to erupt, that volcano is solid, we haven't got any climate change on the horizon, we've got this and all that, blah blah blah. So all these people are saying this, you've got one guy saying it's going to erupt, you know, that person gets seen as a lunatic. Until it erupts until it erupts and then and then and then that guy who's a lunatic he's also very bitter and result very angry at everybody. He's like i flipping told you so you don't listen to what i'm saying to you well i it's don't like, think well,
0: because you? if that person well if that man that was saying that it's going to erupt and nobody listened to decided you know what enough's enough i'm taking my yeah. family and my three closest yeah. friends the people that actually believe in me and we're going to go yeah. move to another place and they go and move yeah. to another place, and they live happily ever after, and everyone else ends up in Vesuvius. That's, 2. Honestly, oh. that's
1: what life is like. Life is very similar to that for me. I mean, I don't. I'm not in a position to pick up and 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 go there because you can't escape the banking system. You can't expect, escape fiat currency. All the all the bank central banks are probably going to collapse because they're all. Because they've all been at it. They've all been at printing money. They've all been at this river and everything. They're all going to suffer. Pakistan's suffering. Lebanon is suffering. Venezuela is suffering. Italy is suffering. Malta is suffering. Sweden is suffering. You know, uh, all these countries. The United is Kingdom is suffering. The United The United States Kingdom is suffering. suffering the most, probably. Australia uh, is country. suffering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The you entire world is suffering. What's happening in yeah. Sweden? Uh, in Sweden, there was some real. There was some real estate company. I just found out about this yesterday. Some real estate company. They they basically became the one of the. I think probably possibly the fastest growing company in the history of Sweden. And the reason why that happened was because they they, they managed to get some money, and then what they did was they went to the, the they went to the councils. And to all the state institutions, and bought all the uh, all the real estate from the state institutions, so the hospitals, the council buildings, all of this kind of stuff, and then rented them back to the state institutions. So they bought the build the pri this private company bought the building off the council, and then rented it back to the council, right? So now they're making the money. So they became the fastest. I think they became the fastest growing company in in Sweden's history. They were doing really well for like mm. six, seven years, and then they've made a series of, uh, you know, it's a mixture of obviously hubris and ignorance. They've done a series of strategic blunders, and now they're about to go bust. And they've wrecked the economy in the process. They've wrecked, they've wrecked the Swedish economy in the process because the state institutions were having to pay this company to run the country, um, and they've destroyed mm-hmm. it. And then you look at like Reddit as well. Like Reddit is just you know Reddit went dark yesterday because they've made these stupid moves again. It's a, it's an, it's a, a healthy balance of hubris and ignorance. And they've just screwed themselves over. And this is happening all over the world. So all these institutions are about to fail. And people are not going to know what to do. People don't know how to survive without WhatsApp or without Instagram or without well, Facebook or without that's Twitter. That's one or.
0: side. That's one side of it. And the other side of it is the human does know what to do. The human he do does, knows yeah. how to function. So but just we haven't led the, to tap into that. Not yet. But then if everything yeah. crashes tomorrow, especially and especially in the Muslim communities, Yeah like you know tomorrow there's everything's gone to shit there's going to like the the people will feed each other they're yeah. not going to turn on each other you know there is a natural human there is a natural well, you see, thing you, you say in that a human being. you
1: say that and i i'm sorry to always be the one that, that that sounds very cynical and 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 you know and resentful and everything else to go with it but for me the 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 you know what was emblematic of what is to come was what was going on in the pandemic and you know in the pandemic we had people fighting over toilet paper in this pandemic they were they were there was they were coming to blows over toilet paper in this country it was that pathetic right They people weren't talking to each other they were they were um uh, they were uh, reporting each other to the police they were fighting over trolleys they were you know and it was just absolute chaos over and it was well, crazy. I'm telling you, it was crazy. And if it, well, and the, I, I so, for me, as far as I was concerned, <laughs> that was just a sign of things to come.
0: Well, then I have to use another example from South Africa again. Which yeah, South Africa is uh, much better in this regard. Well, there was. I mean, it's better in one sense, and it's much worse in another sense. But in Durban two years ago, yeah, the shopping malls, three yeah. years ago, there were massive riots, yeah. and I mean, like they were. It was it was insane. Yeah. Like entire. But they shopping. were engineered. Not though, not shopping.
1: They? I saw this. I well, I'm not going to talk this. about
0: the. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the political backdrop of it. Okay. On this in this conversation because okay. I don't <laughs> think it, the, the the cause of it is not as relevant as what happened yeah. during it. I know, and but they just destroyed see, shopping malls, though, didn't they? Yeah, but I mean, it was a lot worse than that. It wasn't just destroying shopping malls. It was like people's businesses, yeah. you know, the local cash and carry, etc., etc. And what did the Muslims do? And not just the Muslims, actually. I mean, Muslims in particular, but you know, all of the the kind of different areas they cre- they created basically their own militia, and they right, c- yeah. had people on the outskirts of their kind of um, communal living district, and anyone that tried to get in or out was not allowed unless they kind of given clearance by. Right. And it wasn't state. I mean, even the the police couldn't even enter. Wow. You know, it was like complete yeah, like you protection. You wouldn't
1: be to pull that, here. And the, to pull that Right?
0: Here. And then, you know, through the mosques, there was a network of people, the people that had cash and carries and had, ex, you know, bread and stock of food or whatever. You know, they handed it out to the families that needed food. And it was like, what you saw is just a natural society
1: emerging out of the crisis mm. and then the crisis disappeared and everything went back to normal but you're be- i but think you're better that- set up for that i don't th- i don't think we're set up for that here in the uk at all i don't think we're no, at one. all set up you're, for that you're not no we're not we're absolutely not no you've i've got a here, question so you've, seen, for you. you've seen what it's like what life is like here i
0: grew up there i yeah. know i know the uk as yes, my country i was born there and i was raised there and and, and having been here for what 16 17 years or at least based in south africa and going back sporadically and seeing what's happened to the country is like y- you see the stages of degeneration
1: mm. and it's actually quite horrific yeah you, know, you see and, and, probably and not it more country. you get more contrast when you come you see an even more of an outside perspective well, th-
0: this is, my point is so i i hadn't been to the uk since before lockdown right and then i went last year and it was my first time back in the uk and what shocked me massively was the fact that a packet of crisps costs one pound. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that, 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 that's insane. That doesn't make any sense. Like a packet of crisps costs 20p. Like how the hell can you charge a pound for a packet of crisps? And that for me was just like, that That was it. That was like, I was like, now this country's finished. If a packet of crisps I, costs I, I one pound dentist. real uh, McCoys.
1: I, I went to a dentist a week ago. And he, char- he, did, he did four minutes of work on, on this tooth, four minutes of work. And he charged me £175 for four minutes of work. And he said, you got to come back next week and I will, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, take, I'll actually extract the truth- tooth next week. And I said, why can't you do it now? Because I haven't got time. And, that, and he wanted another £200 for next week. So that's £275 for one little tooth that tells you that this country is finished because everybody's just ripping you have got half of people just ripping everybody off because they're just taking advantage of their position and the other half you've just got this flipping surge in uh, in prices which is just insane
0: yeah but the other the other side of it is that his rent's increasing and he has to pay his rent his house uh, mortgage is also like you know, yes yeah, so everybody everybody's just everybody his just kids just are at private England. school yeah that's and it. the pr- price of the private you schools the increase CDs. and everything increases right and the price of fuel's gone up so he needs to cover himself and it's like he, yeah but see everybody's doing that you see the trickle down effect
1: yeah but the, the, i think and that's the thing the difference between this country and a country like south africa you have more of a community feel that everybody's going to look out for each other in, in, a, in a country like the uk it's everybody's for number one it's, the, it's a true capitalist way you just look out for yourself just as long as just get enough you know in the pandemic it was just get enough toilet paper for yourself Right, and as long as you're okay, forget. You know, you just got to fight for yourself. It's all about you, you know. And th- and that's mm. what it's like over here. It's like as long as you can keep your house running, nobody else matters. Right now, if you're going to be a Muslim and you're going to talk like that,
0: that's what I'm then, saying. Then you've lost. Then you've lost your what Yeah, that that's exactly that, as far what I'm as saying. I'm concerned. That's, yeah, I mean, so it, you can uh, go and pray five times a day and whatever, yeah. but if you have no concern for nothing. your brother, yeah,
1: it doesn't then mean anything. And then Bengali community sticks with the Bengali community, and the and the Pakistani community stick amongst their own, and the you know the French community and the Polish and everybody just sticks amongst their own. You know, we we actually had a mass uh, exodus after the pandemic, because what happened is, what happened during the pandemic is that everybody everybody went back to their families, everybody went back to you know kind of there was a little bit of natural living, there was a little bit of. Just slowing down and, and breathing and, and, and getting a break from the rat race and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of people that had come mm. here to work, they just didn't have that support system. The, the, you know, the neighbors weren't looking out for them or taking care of them. Especially in London. Like in London, I, I lived in London for seven years. To this day, I don't know the names of any of my neighbors that were there. I didn't know their names. Mm. I didn't know who they were. I, didn't know, I never knew if uh, uh, somebody knew was moving in or somebody knew was moving out. <laughs> didn't know anything. And, 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 and re- these people really started feeling alone. You know, you, because you can, on a day-to-day basis, you can distract yourself, you know, because you go to work and you go to the cinema and you go to the park and you, you do this and you do that. You're distracted. But when, when all of that stuff switched off, when all that consumerism switched off, there was nothing left. And so they just got up and left. Like, I'm like, I'm just getting out of here. Well, I've got an
0: interesting idea to play past you. So a couple of years ago, well, it's been happening for a few years now and is that I've had a lot of family members contact me to organize sheep for Kurban, right? Yeah. So the, you know, like I get uncles and aunties and cousins and friends and stuff and they'll phone me and they're like, look, can you organize some sheep for the Kurban, whatever, and you like do it in my name. Mm. The one year I slaughtered 70 sheep, 70 what? sheep, You did it, it was like a complete, <laughs> well, it, yeah myself my brother my like you know, some some friends or whatever you need some support you know to go through 70 sheep but we did it in w- one sitting you know you do the prayer and you go out there and you just like silence of the lambs I I like to call it um but then you know but it's also because they're my family you know there's a personal relationship I can make du'a for them you know I can make sure that it's done properly it's clean and, and I'm it's on my word that this meat is going to be distributed properly and it's going to go to the right places and people are going to be fed that need the food, you know. Mm -hmm. So I've done that for years and it's an honor and a pleasure to do it. Mm. But I was doing it and then I was in the United Kingdom and I was talking to this very influential person in London. We were having a, a meal and he was telling me about, you know, the strength of the Muslims in the country and how the Muslims make up the, you know, such a strong body and, you know, we've got like a... The, the, the mayor of london's muslim now the first minister of scotland is muslim and you know this one's muslim and that one's muslim i'm mm. like yeah 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 i agree with you 100% i agree with you 100% yeah muslims make up the backbone of the country you know the only problem is that the muslims don't know their own strength and they're true. like oh no but we do da, 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 da. i know like, they don't Not true i'm like if you knew your own strength then you would be able to slaughter sheep in the United Kingdom mm. on qurban time, because that is part of your Sunnah yeah. that the Prophet you showed you. We have to send money
1: Instead, you're sending then. money to Pakistan, yeah. to South Africa, yeah. to
0: other places, yeah. and there are people in the United Kingdom, there are Muslims that are hungry and
1: they are not getting that food yeah. and you're sending that food to other yeah. places yeah. when you've got to support the people that I are think, right next I think to there you. Was, there was a figure that was uh, calculated. I think it was something, I can't remember what the figure was and it was a big number. I think it was something like a hundred million pounds a year comes from them. And I think it was the Muslim community a year, especially in Ramadan gets generated and all of that money goes abroad to Syria and to Yemen and, I mean, and the, everything. And one I think, thing is it
0: going yeah. abroad which is one thing, but the other thing is, is why is it that yeah, Muslim man yeah. cannot slaughter an, a, a sheep on Eid? It's yeah. our sunnah. Why do we have to break our sunnah? Right? Because the state says, no, it's bad to kill animals, it's not fair, it's not nice. When slaughtering a, a, a sheep yeah. is one of the most, yeah. s- like, the, when you do it, and, and, and this is on another note of masculinity, which is for a man to, to do it himself it does something to you as yeah. a human being yeah yeah definitely, because you realize definitely you realize that it's literally as it is with the sheep it's that easy with the human being yeah you know yeah. someone could come up to you and just yeah and it makes you, know, you recognize the value it, of it. Your, your your blood's coming out and yeah. you see life in a different yeah. perspective yeah. right yeah absolutely so that that's one aspect on the on the masculinity and 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 also then you know just being able to show
1: I mean, your children—that this is where your food comes from. You but know, men don't have like, it, chops... Men today, I used to, as a man in South Africa, you still have a little bit more agency. But in the West, in a place like the UK, men don't have any agency. You know, they don't have this concept so of "I want to be able to do this," so I can just go and do it. There's there's a hundred things in the way, and the ribeye is a, ribeye is a massive. Is, is the root cause of all of that because riba is what's but, stopping you from getting these things my point is is the Muslims not seeing their yeah, own strength
0: definitely definitely because the reality is is that you the United Kingdom if we just take the United Kingdom it's a Muslim country it's a muslim country the the backbone of the country is muslim yeah all of the best doctors all of the best engineers all of the best lawyers all of the bankers, all are of the muslim best even. businessmen even the bankers are yeah, muslim well, i mean that's a other story but i mean it's like without the muslims if you kicked all the muslims out of the
1: country the country would collapse overnight yeah maybe it could happen yeah definitely yeah. definitely but we, we only make like definitely. two or three percent of the country as far as I remember I think but, we only account for about two or three percent but we yeah, are but there, it's we comes know, from are in very important positions because there's just part of our upbringing and everything yeah. is you work hard you do your thing you study
0: you make yourself mm. more knowledgeable etc yeah. etc and, and and you know that uh, that's part of our culture mm. the best gangsters are also Muslim are because they? in their blood they've just got this fear of of the, they don't have that same fear of death mm. and in a way sometimes I also I I, I sometimes I feel that the the, the gangsters are, are the, the more interesting people because at least they've got some... Well,
1: I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. Um, so where where I live uh, here in Nottingham, because I live in Nottingham, um, and there's, a, there's an Shot- area... Shottingham. Yeah, so that's exactly what I'm going to speak speak about. There's there's a part of uh, Nottingham which is not too far from town, which used to be known as Shottingham. And the re- that was the reason mm. why Nottingham got known as Shottingham, right? Because there was a lot of shootings there. Yeah. A lot of people shooting each yeah. other and there was gang warfare and there was crime and all this kind of stuff. And that, that was all up until like the late 90s, early 2000s, right? And, it, the, you know, even the police was afraid to go there and uh, nobody wants to, you know, you couldn't even buy, you, you could buy um, a, a shop, a, a retail unit for probably like 5 or 10K, but nobody would do it because <laughs> who's going to come to your business? Who's going come? Nobody wants to be in that part of town, yeah. right? And then what you yeah. happened was you had these um, immigrants that came over, which I believe were the Kurds, the, the Kurdish uh, people, right? Ooh. They came over and they came over right. in groups, right? So you know brothers and uncles and nephews and all that kind of stuff. They came as groups, and they still have this concept of you look out for each other, you defend each other. They have all that thing going on. They and and, and you know obviously when you're coming from a place like that, you don't have a lot of money. You just bring whatever you can. They came in and bought these properties. And the people that were doing all the shooting and all of that they, they fought with them and they they addressed them and they dealt with them and they they they, finished, they just they just dealt with them and now you've got restaurants there you've got takeaways there you've got um you know dessert parlors there and everything and it, it's I would, it's not like kind of fine dining or anything right but it's bustling mm-hmm. and they got these properties for really cheap right and they're now raking it in and, and now it's like takeaway central and everybody's going there and it's just because these guys moved in and just took over the place and just dealt with them
0: well, look at that. You were asking me earlier about the Wolfman. Yeah. There you go. You yeah. brought in a pack of wolves, and in the shortest amount yeah.
1: of time, Shottingham was was yeah. thriving. Again. But it, but it's, take, it's taken but it's, that, it's taken a man from outside of England to do it. You see, the, the men in England are not doing this. But what is it about those Kurds? They'd all been off to war. They've yeah. all fought. They've all been yeah. on the battlefield. Yeah. They they know what it means yeah. to. This is Charles play for them in
0: comparison, right? And yeah. so there's just some little some little you know dodgy guys in Nottingham. Yeah. Like what are they, these guys we take them out for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean I actually and there was this um uh last time I was in Nottingham I was taken to the, the my, my friend Jawad you know he wanted to wash his car so he took it to the Turkish uh, to, to the Kurdish um was car wash guy. Job and yo we got on like a. I got on with this guy like a house on fire and yeah. you can see in his eyes i mean this guy is mm. is, is you know he's he mean he's mean you know yeah. he's been he's seen things
1: he's done things but like you know you treat him with nobility yeah. and like oh, the you way see in the eyes like car uh, there's a there's yeah. the guy over here who runs uh, one of the key takeaways over here it's Takeaway slash restaurant that's doing that that does really really well and you see the guy, and he's in there. And when you you can see in his eyes, this guy has, has has overcome a lot of fears, and he's had to deal with a lot of things, and he's risen to the challenge. And he's probably only a little bit older than me, maybe a couple of years older right. than me. He's got his family, and he's running the place. And it's and it's and it, you know. And I, in that, you know, that kind of a person, that kind of a business person, I respect as well. You know, fine, it's not fine dining. There's a lot, of, you you know, there's a lot of things, mm. uh, um, uh, you know, that 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 that, that fall short in a lot of ways, but you you've got to respect the man for for what he's achieved. It mm. just reminded me of this
0: thing that happened to me on Hajj. So we were walking down from the Haram back to our hotel. And there was just like, you know, how there's hundreds of thousands yeah. of people everywhere. Yeah. And there was just this one Afghan man and like he must have been in his 50s, 60s Like, and you just looked at his face, and you could see that he was just Mm. like, "This was a warrior, and Mm. this is a man that has Mm. has seen things, Mm. and done things." You Mm. know, and there's like, there's no messing around with Mm. this man. Like, mm -mm, you could read it straight across his face, and our eyes, you know, connected, and he looked me straight in the eyes, and then he just smiled.
1: Yeah, and it was like this.
0: Oh, it was this smile. Like, uh, every time I like recount this, I start getting goosebumps because mm. it was just like the most beautiful man mm. in front of me, mm. and I'm like, "That's who we need to be." Mm. So that you are, you, you know, you you are a wolf, mm. but at the same time, you're a puppy. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah, and that's
0: what I saw in this man. It was like it was like this warrior that just. You know his love for the for another Muslim, yeah. just there in, in his eyes, and he's on Hajj and whatever, and we're both on Hajj and we're both in this, going through this experience, and it was just a transmission of pure yeah. unadulterated mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm.
1: I, 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 I remember when I was on Hajj, uh, I um, there was like we had to go through this tunnel. It was me and my dad. You know, you know when you go for the stoning of the Shaitan,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, it was like a hundred thousand people going this way and a hundred thousand people coming back through this tunnel. And uh, yeah. it was really hot. We both had a fever, um, and uh, you know we were struggling to walk and everything. And there was these guys dispensing some water. And my dad goes, "Oh, why don't you um, go and grab some bottles of water?" Because they were, you know, just dishing them out. I went to get the water, yeah. turned around, lost my dad, right? And yeah. I just, I just couldn't find him. I couldn't, I just couldn't find him for the next three or four hours because I just lost him in the sea of people. He couldn't, he couldn't find me. I couldn't find him. You know, I didn't realize that, that it would have been that bad, and. Yeah. um I went I went and, you know, did I did the ritual that I needed to do and everything and the the problem that I had was I think at this time I was about nineteen. The problem that I had was I only had five I think it's real, isn't it? The Saudi currency. I only yeah. had five Real on me, right? My dad had the wallet, he had the money. And I and I was sixteen kilometers away from, from our um uh, the apartment from where we were staying. And now I've got to get home and I've got a fever and I'm hot and I've got no money to buy food, barely any money to buy food and I've got I haven't got money to pay for a taxi to get home. And i'm thinking what do i do and um i just i, I just uh went and sat on some after done the stoning and everything i went and sat on some steps and this elderly gentleman in a very similar way to what you describe you know you can tell this guy has seen things very noble kind of felt he just came and sat next to me and he just and i think he must have sensed that i was nervous and i was kind of you know i was anxious Came and sat next to me and he said, oh, wh- where are you from? I said, uh, he, goes, oh, he goes, are you from the UK? I said, how do you know? And he goes, oh, I can tell from your shoes you're wearing Reebok. As if <laughs> that was thing that can, that can yeah, d- denote yeah, yeah. where you're from. But he was like, I said, okay. And he goes, uh, you know, would you like a cup of tea? You know, and I, and I was embarrassed because I, didn't, I, I had such little money, I didn't want to have to pay for it. And, and, and he, just, he, just, he just knew. Like, he goes, don't worry, I'm going to get the tea. Would you like some? I said, okay, yes." Yeah. So he gets me a cup of tea and uh, we're drinking the tea and he's just talking just small talk but it was so comforting i can still remember the man's face it was like 25 years ago and he goes to me he goes you know um when on your your way home he goes look i says look i've only got five real i need to get home what do i do and he goes he goes five real is enough just when you're walking whatever offer they make you just say no and then he goes eventually they will give in and they will tell you just sit on the roof of one of the vans and you'll be fine he goes they'll get you home so that's what I did. I just walked on my, I was walking and they kept saying, Oh, brother, Aki Aki, 20 real, 25 real, 50. I said, Nope, nope, I've only got five, I've only got five. He goes, oh. And then eventually, the, you know, the guy relented. I was, because there was so much traffic, I was actually walking faster than the van was going, right? So he kept having to yeah. catch up to me. And then eventually he goes, Look, he goes, Okay, give me the five real and you can go on the roof. I just got on the roof and I got home. But I still remember that mental well, state. And that's a perfect example of what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah, the resourcefulness. When yeah. you
0: travel, yeah you know and when you travel and you're in those situations and hajj is the prime example yeah you know allah just lays out a red carpet for you yeah but you have to go through it you have to lose your father you have to feel nervous you have that man has to you're in that state of nervousness allah sends you that man to bring you a cup of tea yeah just to give you a bit of comfort and then Mm -hmm. give you the give you the solution to your way home yeah and all you have to do is just follow the path, but like it is on Hajj, it is ev- in everything else in life. Mm. And if you look back on your life you, and you look through the, that lens yeah. of seeing that Allah is the one that's in, the, in power and you are just uh, like a, 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 an ant on a Persian mm. carpet Yeah, yeah. and you look back at your life and you will see how everything links back. Mm. And how you've been looked after in every single occurrence, yeah. in every single event in your life. But you, you and are attracted to South it.
1: Africa. though, I have to say. I mean, what you're saying—that that kind of sense of uh, the space for the wolf man to be, uh, uh, you know, present, and that kind of sense of community, and the Muslims coming together, and the resourcefulness, and everything—that's very okay. Attractive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But just take it with a pinch of salt, <laughs>
0: because there are issues. There isn't, it, yeah, because there's, I mean, when I talk about the wolf men, there's also hyena men. There's a lot of hyenas out here, you know, and there's a lot of other.
1: I mean, this, there's this hawks, is what, this there's is, eagles, the, there's sharks, yeah. there's things after you, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So this, like, this is the complaint of the men now in in Pakistan, for example. I mean, I I've met uh, men that are from the army in Pakistan, and you think, oh, this is a wolf man, and they are unfortunately they're hyenas, you know. Mm. Unfortunately, well, that's
0: the other thing because it's like you know when you remove the wolf then what else comes in to fill in the gaps right so and then when so you need to yes come to south africa but then you need to be in the company of wolves that Mm. are going to protect you and bring you into the wolf plaque you know so that's that's the other side but bismillah welcome you know if you're coming with pounds then uh you can you can live very 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 nicely here (laughs) i have to try it it's on the subject of the collapse of the Mughal Empire. Right. And I think it's very important for the young Muslims of the United Kingdom to understand. And I'm, I'm not talking about my generation and older, because our generation and older are, are set in a certain mindset and set in a certain way. But for the next generation that's coming through, they need to understand something of critical importance. And that is that at the end okay, so at the death of Aurangzeb, Rahimullah, who was the last great Mughal Empire, then that's when the Europeans started to like sneak their tentacles into India. And that the the Mughal Empire still tottered on in a in a lesser sense for another hundred to hundred and fifty years after the death of Aurangzeb. And that led up to the last Mughal emperor called Bahadur Shah Zafar. And he's actually one of my ancestors. Really? From my nani's lineage. Firstly, this is the last political leader of the Muslims of the subcontinent in the, in the, 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 with the legitimate inheritance and the legitimate position of Badsha. The British slaughtered his sons in front of him. I didn't know that. Right? They, 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 they put him in jail and left him there to rot in Burma. The way they treated this man was horrendous is like the most degrading, disgusting way you can possibly treat any man, let alone the emperor. Mm. Right. But regardless of that, what happened after the deposition of Bahadur Shah Zafar was in court in the Mughal court, there was ulama and there was the political leadership. There was the emperor and his ruling class around him. And there were the ulama who were the knowledgeable men of the deen of the, you know, the sciences, you name it. But they were distinct. And the emperor kept the ulama in check. Now, what happened after the deposition of the last Mughal emperor is a grouping of that ulama went to Dioband Mm. and another grouping went to Baralf. Mm. And so this, this, this split that happened on an ideological level happened at the point at which the political leadership was removed. Mm. And the ulama then started to try and rise into this position of political, uh, into the political space. And I'm, I know better, I know better, I know better, I know better. And that's the beginning of this division between the Dilbandis and the Barelvis. Right. Right? It's a modern phenomenon. It was never there in the subcontinent before because you had people that saw things in a certain way and you had people that saw things in another way, but the the political decision was made by the man who had political power. Now, what we have now today is we have all of this r- leadership by ulama. And of course, as Muslims, we hold the ulama in high respect because these are the men that contain the knowledges. Mm. Mm and we love them for it and we respect
1: them for it. But they are in positions of knowledge, not in positions of power. Before we continue on this video, I just want to invite you to my Discord community. Look, the world has changed and it is changing still. And on my Discord, which is a simple mobile app that you can use, you can stay in touch with other like-minded people like me who are staying informed of the things that are happening around the world that are going to affect our daily lives very, very soon. So come and join me on my Discord community. And let's grow together and let's navigate this changing world order together. And what the Muslims
0: are lacking today, and this has been a process that started with the deposition of um, Sultan Abdul Hamid II in oh, no, his 1908.
1: No, his deposition was 1908. His deposition was 1908, but he
0: died in the 1920s. Yeah. yeah. But in 1908. And the, the actual empire
1: was ended in, I mean, the empire was officially ended in, say, I think it was 1923. But unofficially, it was already done with by 1911, I think. Right. Yeah. So what What we have been lacking as Muslims,
0: as a grouping of people since 1908 is political leadership. Mm. Now, this is something that since the time of the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wa all the way up until 1908, wherever there were Muslims, there was political leadership above ulama, And it was their responsibility to govern and to establish zakat, to make sure that the weights of the coinage was in check, to make sure that there was jihad done once a year, to make sure that it was certain that when the time came for Ramadan, the big man said, we're doing it this day and everyone had to do it that day. Mm. You know, there was no, and if you decided, oh, you know what, I'm gonna do it on another day, there were ramifications you know, because they were there to keep things in check. What we have today, the Muslims have become divided. They're chasing after money. They're chasing after all of this waham. Mm. And the thing that's lacking is the leadership. Mm. So you will have more Division and more division and more division and now it's not just but Elvi and Dilbandi is a, you know then you've got all the cultural aspects yeah. oh that's the Albanian mosque that's the Afghan mosque that's yeah. the Kashmiri mosque yeah. that's the Punjabi mosque that's the other mosque other mosque other mosque you know and it's all divisive mm. whereas what is needed is the rise of outward leadership and that's what the Muslims are lacking because like if we come back to the wolf pack. There's the, the wolf pack has an alpha male, but the alpha male again in the wolf pack, you have to, if you study wolves, it's actually very interesting <laughs> because the alpha male does absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. He's just there to keep everything in order mm. and to make sure that the youngsters don't eat before him mm. and to make sure that everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. But when it comes to protecting the pack, he's there at the forefront. Mm. you know and he's there defending everyone from whatever happens and then on another subject which is also interesting is that even the term of alpha male the alpha male doesn't exist you know there's this whole ideology today is oh you've got to be an alpha male you've got to do this you've got to do that but the alpha male I remember having this conversation with my my guide and mentor shake up he says, "I don't understand this thing that people talk about—the alpha male. The alpha male It's like. Look at nature. There's no alpha male." I the, said, the, "The alpha male is only when it comes to breeding." What does that mean? Only when it comes, to, it means that the 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 male only asserts his dominance over the other males when it comes to breeding. Right. And I mean, that's if if that's not in line with the human creature as well. It's like. You deal with other men all the time. It's not that you're better, you're stronger, you're more manipulative, or you're you know, you're more commanding over another man. No. But when it comes to messing with your wife, yeah. You know, don't mess with my wife. Don't mess with my children. Mm. It's breeding. That's my that's my lineage and I'm gonna protect my lineage and make sure and you know, and they're under my prote- I protect them. Mm. but when it comes to everything else in life it's not i don't need to go into a board meeting and assert myself as i'm better than you i'm stronger i'm bigger i'll, 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 I'll mess you up whatever whatever no it's not that's not how it
1: works in real life mm. although there's a lot of it, unfortunately uh, there's too much of it that's going on that's the problem there's a lot of this uh, yeah, but what is it but what is it in reality in reality
0: is ego yeah yeah of course is it's, it's ego. Big, it's, it's wanting i'm to assert insecure dominance. about how yeah yeah i'm insecure about how strong i am yeah because in reality, I'm a slave yeah. that's paying off my mortgage and mm. paying off my car finance mm. and paying off my my credit card bill. And I'm it, like drowning in debt. And I have absolutely no power at all because I have sold myself to the devil. And so now I'm going
1: to yeah, fuel my issue is insecurity that by... There's too many people that feel like that, you know, you know, you, you see like people, you see like you get keyboard warriors online, you get people fighting with each other, right? Somebody's making a point. And the one thing that people will always come back with, and especially men do this, go and get a real job. Get a real job. Do something with your life. Get a real job. As in like, that's the ultimate. That's the sign of nobilities. if you've got a job and you, you're, you're, you're paying your mortgage, then that's what makes you a man. This is what I've been saying right from the beginning. That the that entire concept of that is upside down. It's completely wrong. But that's what—that's the the kind of the thing that you, the current that you're always fighting against. Mm.
0: Well, I don't fight against
1: it. Is it? Good. If people want you're to, you're the people I mean, of Sheikh you know, I mean, That's why he was a. Co- I mean, yeah, I mean, you, had honestly, it, it, you had an I mean, example. You had an example in front of you about how things could be done instead of how they have to be done. That—that's the difference that you had. But you posted that amazing video yesterday of the tiger and the and the yeah. donkey. Yeah. Oh, that was absolutely brilliant. I know it's funny that it's was because absolutely th- there brilliant. are things there are things that happen in my personal life always, right? And then what happens is I love, I mean I there's so much stuff that's going on around me always. Like my 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 life honestly the last 5 years of my life are worthy of a Hollywood sto- story. They really are. Not Hollywood, maybe Bollywood, mm. right? This I've got a lot of drama in my life. <laughs> a lot of toxic people around me i've got um very i've got a lot of constraints i've had there's been a lot of kind of things that have just come together that have put me it's like the irony of ironies right so there's a lot of irony in my life at the moment if you saw what my life was like when when my life started and how much promise i showed as 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 a young kid and as a teenager and you see what my life is like now there you you could somebody who met me as a 12 year old or a 15 year old and you see where my life is now. like that person would probably pass out from the shock of there's no way that this is where your life has ended up so a lot of things that are happening in my life but when 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 i get these events these episodes that happen for some reason you know it's a serendipity of it all i'll always come across something a twitter thread um, an instagram reel or, or, or a quote or a post or something that will speak to the very thing that's going on in my life that will teach me this is how you should have responded in this situation, or this is how you should respond in the future. you know. And so that was actually speaking to something very important. The reason why I, I put it up was because something had happened the day before, and you know I shouldn't have spoken in that moment. I should have just kept my mouth shut. As the guy was describing in that video, the tiger doesn't speak. And I'm not saying I'm a tiger or I'm a lion. I'm not saying any of these things. But yeah. the idea is that if, 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 your, if your intentions are to be noble and courageous and, and those kind of things, then I should have just kept my mouth shut. You know, and um, I, spoke, well, I am and saying I, I'm I, a. i am am saying that I am a wolf, okay. and I'm calling
0: people out there in the world. If you want to join my wolf pack, Bismillah, welcome, Bismillah. come along, come along on board. And do it, yeah. Go to my but website, we go to my course, go we to whatever it. you know. Come on board, Bismillah. Yeah. You know, whatever I charge for my things, what you are gonna get. I don't even charge for hardly anything. Only my cause, but whatever you're going to get in return, I promise you is going to be, inshallah, exponentially more valuable than any pounds. Well, the pounds doesn't isn't worth anything. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, so this is um, what I'm saying. You know, it's like, um, uh, so I always end up finding something that kind of just there's there's a guy there's a guy on Twitter. I, I can't remember his name even Mikhail something, and he does he just he, he comes online he comes on he comes on Twitter. He, he, does a, he does a few tweets and then he disappears. You won't, you won't see him tweet for like a month, two months, three months, four months. Mm, okay. Then he'll come back online and he'll do a tweet. And every tweet that he does is so profound. So he'll, sometimes he'll do a Twitter thread. And it'll be very profound. And he did a Twitter thread, a tweet thread, uh, I think about a month, about three weeks ago now. And he talked about the irony that, like, the iron, he goes, the irony is like the, one of the most important things for, 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 for human beings. Like, is, you know he goes the life is always full of ironies and and that's like the what kind of it, it transforms you as a human being it's like you look at the king the you know the king becomes the beggar that's the irony he was a king and now he's become a beggar or the, the 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 strong becomes the weak or you know all these things and he goes it's through the irony that you start to grow as a human being because it's there to teach you something right um, I, it was a very interesting thread anyway and I thought well that really spoke to like my life really like what's going on in my life right now and, so, and he goes but then eventually you get to the end and you, you know the end starts where the beginning kind of, you end up at the beginning kind of thing it's like quite circular I thought well that's really interesting
0: well the rea- reality is is that whatever's happening in your life whatever it is good or bad you've created yeah, of course, you've yeah. brought it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. and it's this famous thing that my mentor once again said to me he said that the murderer no the murderee the murdered, murdered yeah. finds the murderer yeah. yeah so it's like whatever it is it in
1: the person it, yeah. that
0: gets murdered yeah. they've brought they've brought the murderer to yeah. them and if that's the case in like something as as hectic as that then whatever's happening in your life yeah. you you you've it brought to it. it to yeah, you yeah definitely but at the same time you can change the way you see that mm. event and I mean, that's like what I see. What you're saying to me is that you know, then you get like the the guidance yeah. from wherever it comes from—a person, and then you understand or how to understand or the or event. Whatever. Yeah, you understand how to interpret it. You know, and then the you event. can reflect on yourself, yeah. and then change yourself, yeah. and do it differently. Yeah. And like what you know, I mentioned the last part of my course being these four. The fourth part being these ten principles of the heroic way, and each one of those principles is that in a to be perfect in any of those principles is basically not going to happen but as long as you're aspiring to that thing you're going to draw towards you people that also aspire to those same things mm. and then when you're doing it as a group is that that becomes very powerful so i mean i i'll give you them really quickly it's that there's the first five and the second five It's spontaneity virility passion enthusiasm and trust those are the first five Mm. and then the second five are largesse which is generosity on steroids prowess being the best at whatever you do courtesy which is just adab, yeah you know if you want to call it by what i'm actually calling to frankness which is being frank and speaking the truth yeah and Yeah, forthright speaking, you know, speaking your truth, speaking the truth. And when you speak, it becomes truth. So that whatever you say you're going to do, you bloody well do it because you said you're going to do it. And that used to mean something to man. Mm. You know, you go to
1: Afghanistan and somebody says, I'm going to do this. It's done. You know, it's done. Because they still have that. I had somebody offer me a house in Afghanistan. He probably still, he still probably means it. He offered me a house there. Yeah. And if you, yeah,
0: and that's, yeah, he means it. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is loyalty. Yeah. Very, which is something that I feel... Well, is, it sounds like a very interesting course. Really.
1: I think a lot of I think a lot of people are looking out for this stuff now. They want like some sort of direction. They don't want to just keep doing NLP courses and, you know, all this other namby-pamby stuff that the corporates are paying thousands <laughs> of pounds for. They want something that they can really feel like they can go back to their fitrah. They can really feel like they can go back to their essence as a man. Men need and want that. They need experiences of where they can do those kind of things. Mm. You know, the, the men, every, like, you know, the, the, the outlet for men these days is Xbox games and PlayStation games and driving cars really fast. But men need some sense of adventure every day, some sense of achievement and of accomplishment. Of course. And the thing with the, the sacrificing of the, of the sheep and the lambs for you, men, all men should be doing that on a regular basis. They need that all the time. Well,
0: I, I also feel that men should be hunting. And so what yeah. i say to all the brothers out there in in, um, in the United Kingdom is that if you've got a little bit of extra cash, yeah, book yourself, get in contact with me, get two or three of your friends together, book yourself a flight to Cape Town, we will look after you and we will go hunting Yeah, and we sure. will drop some animals and we will skin those animals, mm. we will gut those animals mm. and we will eat those animals and before we shoot them we will say Bismillah Allahu Akbar mm. and that we know that meat is halal, we'll take one of the legs, we'll cook it there, we'll take the livers and we'll cook it there, and we will eat well, and we will be in the company, in good company, and the rest of the sheep, the rest of the springbok, or the kudu, or whatever animal you shoot, we'll cut it up, we'll cook it, and we'll feed the people. Mm. And yeah, then you get back on your plane, that's, that's, and you that, go back to that, wherever you That for it.
1: men, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, was an everyday kind of an experience, and now it's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience. That's how much life but has changed. I'm telling you, with the current exchange rate, <laughs> like my cousin, another cousin, right?
0: So he contacts me and he says, you know, he's thinking of bringing his family down, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, 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 come. And he's like, I was like, what do you want to do? And he says, I want to do safari. I want to do this. I want to do that. Where's a nice place to stay? Whatever, whatever. I say, cool. So I, and so he says, contacts me and he's like, um, what's the best um, place to do safari? I'm like, okay, well, look, you can either fly to the other side of South Africa and do it, like full-on or there's a farm nearby which is going to be easy if you're coming with the kids you know you go there it's five star it's luxury it's beautiful and you get to see all the animals and you'll have a great time it's like okay cool send me the stuff so i send him the link to that one place just outside cape town which is also halal run by it's a muslim institution you know it's a muslim farm so everything's halal it's wicked and he says back to me he's like bro like why is it so cheap yeah if it's like you said it's like five star and whatnot I'm like, what do you mean why is it so cheap it's flipping five thousand rand yeah. a night so like, that's a lot that's expensive here how much I mean, is that, that in the uk no, it's like 180 quid how is it right for a chalet for your whole family with the kids for five whatnot. nights <laughs> no that's one night okay. but i mean it's like but it's still cheap you're coming from the UK I mean I'm telling um, this is what I said to my cousin I was like look you've got to get on the plane the plane takes a long time you know it's a 12 hour flight direct from London that's the issue and it's going to be maybe it gets a bit expensive Mm. especially if you're you know whatever but once you're here I can assure you (laughs) that spending two weeks in Cape Town is not even like and you can stay in a very nice hotel Mm. and eat very nice food Mm and live a very nice life. You can have a driver and a gardener mm. and a maid mm. and a nanny and whatever you want. And that is not even going to cost you the equivalent of what you spend on the flight. Two weeks of grocery shopping in the United Kingdom. Yeah.
1: It's just mad at the moment. It's just mad. It really is mad. Yeah. And, and I mean, we, for have, all we have all and, inflation as well now. So like where you used to get, where you used to get five apples in a bag, for say for say a pound now you, you get a bag of apples for a pound but they're not five apples they're four apples so they do it that way as four, well they get yeah. you that way now as well now they're just they're just screwing everyone and they're, they're just taking advantage man yeah.
0: and so I, I'm, I'm calling to people i'm, I'm like come out here mm. come out here get in contact with me i'm yeah. very easily contactable and like organize a trip with the guys mm. it's better if it's just lads you know and you have a company like male company I don't know it's like and you, and you can still do that toxic shit you know like I'm not saying that I haven't changed nappies I have and I'm not saying that I don't sometimes get stuck in my domestic situation I have you know we all we, we all live in this time you know but at the same time it's imperative that we spend time as men doing manly stuff, mm-hmm. manly stuff and just like keeping in the company of men mm-hmm. just sitting around a fire talking rubbish, making mm-hmm. jokes mm-hmm. and eating meat. Mm-hmm. Just do, do the you carnal stuff, life?
1: basically in, you, you need wildness yeah, I mean, this is what brees really, was saying yesterday that you need wildness you know men need wildness you need to do stuff that's just wild but wild doesn't mean like you know zina and all these kind of things you know s- sowing your wild oats it, wild means you know being with nature and just being primal okay so nature. i'm gonna tell
0: you about i'm gonna tell you about my last weekend yeah one of my friends moved to this tiny little village in the middle of the flipping desert yeah <laughs> right So it's a four-hour drive from Cape Town and he moved there a couple of months ago and He phoned another friend of ours and said like, you know, I'm staying here. There's a there's you know It's it's a beautiful place. Why don't you come and visit and we do like a a small thicker or whatever and we just Mm -hmm. chill So say okay cool Phone, you know the message gets around whatever we had 20 guys there right we all drove up on the Friday some drove up on the Friday afternoon some drove up on the Saturday morning we take a four and a half hour drive into the middle of nowhere we chill there in this guy's house we made a lekkah fire you know we got the meat going all the time just meat constantly coming off mm. the what we call braai off the barbecue mm. and we got like 20 men there and it's just company yeah. yeah we okay we did a little bit of uh dhikr recited some Quran and did yeah. some wazifas or whatever yeah. you know in, in the evening mm. but that was like that was nothing that was like an hour and a half the rest of the time is just chilling drinking coffee eating meat talking rubbish mm. going for walks going up to the mountain going for a swim in the ice cold river and just being yeah. and being in the company and having a great time mm. and so like for anybody that wants to come out welcome come bismillah mm. come 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 mm. all you have to do is get on that flight yeah and yeah okay maybe the flight's difficult but once you get off that plane ha! i promise whoever comes whoever wants to take this uh accept this invitation you will have an amazing time